0: Hello and welcome back, I'm Jojo Fraser, it's time for a Mojo Injection, episode 79. I'm all in, I hope you are too. Show up fully, as I said on social channels yesterday, life isn't about showing off, it's about showing up. And when we show up, we don't need to show off because we're already enough as we are. We don't need to overcompensate for anything, we just need to be. Keeping it real always is my mantra, that's what this is all about, this is my vision so thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up. And it's, it's amazing to have you here. We're getting deep as usual. We are showing up fully. Raw, real to help with your mojo. Get you thinking. Inspire, change and motivate. It's been a great week. Are you feeling festive yet? Um, you may be listening to this at a different date. So just thank you for being here. And however your frame of mind is, thank you for taking the time out for your self-development it's really important that we take time out podcasts are amazing Um, music is amazing taking time out is amazing so good for you Um, I'm wishing you a great day whatever you're doing I'm going to do a massive shout out to my friends at float philosophy on the west side of Edinburgh they are an incredible new floating tank, kind of chill out, awesome, funky place all about mindset and mental health and they've been supporting the podcast this month. I love their pods floating in space. I would really encourage you to try out the floating tanks at Float Philosophy. Get to know Nick, the manager. He is amazing. Um, he really knows his stuff. He will be coming on at some point when we can get around to getting that sorted. Um, he's brilliant. So huge shout out to those guys. It's all about doing things that is good for our mind to work on that mental fitness as well as that physical fitness as well. And that's what this podcast will encourage us to do because everything comes back to our mindset. It controls everything, doesn't it? It's powerful how much our mind controls everything and it's not easy to do the work, but it's always worth it. So on that note, I have Gemma from A Sober Gemma Dilemma. Um, Gemma spoke at TEDx and I had the opportunity to work with her. She is incredible. So she's a Scottish mum with a zest for all things, cats to cookies, and she's on a journey of sobriety and serenity, which I love. Hashtag sober mum. Um, This chat is real and wrong. It's all about alcohol. I know lots of people need to hear it. I needed to hear it. I mean, the balance can be hard with things like food and alcohol it's so ingrained in our culture and so many of us do need to chill out a bit with that some of us need to stop drinking altogether it's not easy I know that I know it's not easy um but talking about it helps and Gemma shares so much and I'm really inspired by her I think she's wonderful so thank you for being here guys let's jump in all in fabulous okay so exciting about this talk really exciting and having heard your story you're very real which is what you want as a speaker we all have a story to tell right I believe we're all born leaders and I think that we have all have stuff going on There'll be a lot of people that have stuff going on that you have no idea about. When I heard your talk, I thought I know so many people this would help. So the fact is, you're talking really openly about something that's still a taboo. The the booze culture, alcohol, is a massive taboo, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, and there is so much gray area drinking. People who, they they do drink quite a lot and it's a habit, it's every single evening. And it might not give them but I think behind closed doors there's actually a lot more, especially in women, a lot more people drinking behind closed doors.
0: Yeah, because what you very rightly say is there's this culture, Mommy needs drink. Uh, Mummy needs gin you know you've got massive bloggers that are really funny um, and it's all about the wine but we it's that balance between having a laugh with comedy but also we say so many words unconsciously as in when we're sober we say things that we're not thinking about the, the impact that has on people from a deep rooted issue
1: yeah I see loads of I'm not on Facebook anymore but I see or used to see lots of memes and "Mummy needs wine" and funny "Mummy, Mummy has a drink." Or, and I, I used to laugh along with them. I used to think they were brilliant, but I think they're actually quite dangerous. And mm-hmm. um, that kind of subconscious that you need wine to tolerate your children, and that it's almost expected. Oh, the kids are just chilling out. I pour a glass of wine because I need that to tolerate you. You're such mm-hmm. a handful. I need to drink to manage my children I think now that I'm older and have a child I think that's a terrible message to actually send to mums that and most of the stuff is like aimed at women you go out all the bags and your shopping bags and everything
0: telling you to have a drink yeah it's really there's sometimes really subtle messages but there's merchandise everywhere and it's we're an easy market we are stressed we're not getting sleep we are just really learning to find our feet we've got hormones flying everywhere and the worst thing you can probably do is have a hangover because I know me I am triggered when I'm hungover I am like no patience snappy just don't have the energy and as you say it's hard enough as it is and there's a lot of magic in kids like they're amazing but they're high energy they're challenging they're learning all they really need is love but they're very noisy and then um, uh, I yeah it's it's really it's clever that uh, I think it's I think it's brilliant that you're talking about it because it's very clever what companies can do and i love a drink and it's something that i've really had to think about though because i like the odd glass of wine but there's been times in my life that i've struggled because it's become just a social normal thing and if people say oh you've got the car have a drink so you're boring or you're selfish for not getting involved in the party or you know and People just say things without realising, actually, well, for my mental health, actually, I'm not drinking this week. That's nothing to be ashamed about. As people say to you, you say,
1: oh, no, I don't drink. They look at you funny. And they're like, oh, OK. What do you do for fun? Uh, quite a lot, actually. <laughs> I don't have to have a drink to have fun. but before. My main my mindset was, I associated anything with alcohol. Going to a kid's party, we'd take a drink. Going anywhere. I was thinking, going to a wedding, going somewhere. I was just, wait, where's the next drink? And the whole day was planned around that. Now I'm noticing I'm going on nights out and things, to events. And the night goes smoothly. I'm not thinking, got to get back to the bar. To get back to the bar, need another drink. Um we actually we went to Glasgow recently, and last year they didn't have a liquor license, but mm. I went and checked when I got there. That was the first thing I did. I thought we'll go for a drink. Next mm-hmm. year didn't even cross our mind, didn't even really go to the food and drink, but just briefly passed through it. So I mean it's it's, it's changed things, like it, how I, I don't really socialise, I'm a bit of a hermit anyway, um, but when I do go out, it, the whole dinner or the whole event does not revolve around going to the bar, which before it did, gigs, concerts, dinner, like going out for lunch with friends, with children, they still revolved around a
0: bottle of wine, Two, yeah. three, four. <laughs> it's like a social and it's learned behavior um society but you were saying as well that you think a big part of it is genetic yeah i think i mean i don't have any
1: scientific brain behind it but i think it's genetic i think it's hereditary and i think you do learn behaviors from your parents mm-hmm. whereas. My dad is an alcoholic, but he wasn't in my life until I was 18. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really see that sight. But I had alcoholic tendencies by the age that I met him at 18. That was already formed. Mm-hmm. I quite happily drank alone. Um, and every time I drank, I increased the amount. Um, I definitely think we learn. From her parents, Mm -hmm. my house is now an alcohol-free house. Even if someone comes to visit, they don't bring alcohol in. So my daughter's now not really exposed to alcohol, which I think is a good thing. Um, Growing up, enough, I'll explain to her why mummy doesn't drink. Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't be anti-drink. I think that's the wrong way to go. Um, I think you're just going to push them right down into the bar if you start doing that yeah, um,
0: true, rebel again
1: exactly but I think I'll explain why I don't drink and if she chooses to and when she's old enough that's fine but I think she'll have a different mindset about alcohol because yeah. I'll be quite open about it when she's old
0: enough to understand, at five we're not having that conversation <laughs> I know it's hard, isn't it? You forget sometimes because my little seven-year-old can be so wise and I'm just like, she's still a kid, but um, it's hard to know like what age to talk. But I think they, they're amazing little humans, you know, and they're very clever and they pick up everything. They really, really do. And uh, it does get you thinking. I think we need more awareness about... the the pressure like the the culture that is acceptable we need more awareness about actually no this can be damaging people's lives yeah
1: absolutely I think alcohol is probably one of the main reasons families fall apart Mm -hmm. um you're either in a relationship where you both drink and I was up until last year and I tried to get sober for years in this relationship but they were a drinker as well and they mm. would go out and drink and then sometimes they would bring alcohol into the house No. Hard. oh well would you like one so I couldn't get sober while I was with my daughter's dad it was mm. impossible and now that I'm on my own I can I it like I said it's an alcohol free house and I protect my sobriety I don't go to pubs and I don't hang around I don't go to my mum's if they're having a drink or I'm very wary about going to events if it's just going to revolve around alcohol because I'll be tempted and people say oh just have one go on one won't hurt one will for me one will like I'll be like I can't have one drink I've got plans next summer you know <laughs> yeah. just yeah. Do you
0: know, for people listening that might be unaware that they've got a problem but perhaps someone said to them you need to maybe keep an eye on that or um because it takes guts to say that to friends and family because you don't want to rock the boat but if someone thinks oh I'm not an alcoholic but I could be going that way what would be your bit of advice for because it's so hard like addiction isn't Nobody wants to be addicted and you can't just snap out of it
1: yeah i mean i think saying to yourself oh am i an alcoholic do i have a drinking problem i think that's huge i think that's quite intimidating but instead if you turn that around and ask yourself does drinking bring me problems Mm -hmm. does it cause arguments do I have blackouts? Do I not remember things? Do I, Is it bringing financial problems? Have I lost a job? Maybe I'm drinking too much. Mm-hmm. And for some people, they can moderate yeah. and have a healthy relationship with alcohol. I have no idea what that is. Absolutely no idea. I can go over to a friend's house and they have bottles of Prosecco or wine in the fridge and it's been there for months. Mm-hmm. My brain cannot comprehend that. Like, I don't keep alcohol in the house, obviously, now. But before, if I to have a drink, the house would be dry. Everything would be opened. Everything would be finished. There would be nothing left. So I, I find it hard for my brain to comprehend people who keep, like, a fully stocked bar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It just, it does not make any sense to me, which I think... Instills further into my mind that my mind does not comprehend alcohol the way other people's does. People who can go out and have a drink and then not have one for six months, not even be bothered. I don't understand that. And I get a bit jealous and I think, oh, I wish I could just go out and have a glass of wine and be normal. But the further away from alcohol I get, the less I want it now. Mm. And this is. You know, I've been drinking for twenty years. Mm-hmm. It was thirteen years into my drinking career that I realised this has to stop, and it's now taking me this long to get to here, this length of sobriety. And as I watch the days count up, I don't want to reset and go back to day one because I've had a hundred day ones, mm-hmm. but these milestones I've only had one of these. And I think, wow, this is, this is what life is without your whole life revolving around your next drink.
0: So you feel like you're truly living now?
1: Yeah, because I think I was just existing between drinks. Everywhere we went or everything we did, I planned it around, well, where's the next drink? And if we go out somewhere and stop for a drink, well, that's the day gone can't go and do any other things got to stay there and have the next drink and I couldn't have two couldn't have three I'd have a nearing the end of my drinking I was buying three bottles of wine Mm -hmm. and getting all I'd say I I wouldn't really remember much of the third one Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but I'd wake up and it would it would all be gone I'm only four foot 11. <laughs> and I'm like, where is all that going? So <laughs> it's just. Do you, sorry, go
0: on. I can't remember what I was going to say now. <laughs> do you think everyone's like that with something? It's like, could be exercise, it could be work, it could be food, smoke, yeah, like, do you know, do you think everyone's got their challenge? I think
1: everyone has something. I think the way we are, with the way we're made, we always obsess about something. Some people it is the gym, or it's when it's some you know a slimming thing, or you know people. Or I think everyone has a crutch mm-hmm. or a vice, and um, unfortunately, some of them can kill you. Yeah. and this. Like alcoholism, I, th- I don't know statistics off the top of my head, but I think it kills more people a year than anything else alcohol related, well, accidents or
0: illness. Because it's such a normal thing, it's, it's like as you're talking about at the TEDx, you know, the, the culture, the pressure to drink the the kind of feeling of misunderstood if you don't like why aren't you not what's wrong with you and that's really yeah Yeah, it can be a really awkward conversation
1: for a long time i was embarrassed about saying oh why i didn't drink now i'll tell anyone i'm Mm -hmm. like i'm you know a big flashing sign alcoholic this is why i don't drink i'm quite happy to tell people now but because alcohol's legal, people don't think it's quite as lethal as it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: it is, it's dangerous.
0: I... Did you have a friend or a family member call you up and say, I'm worried about you?
1: Not in so many words. The first time it really crossed my mind, I was living in Canada. And I'd just been paid and I went to the pub myself because that's something I like to do. And I got talking to this man and we were talking for a couple of hours and then he's like, stay here. And he left and he came back and he gave me a book, gave me the AA book. And he's like, you should read this. And I carried it with me for a couple of years. And I thought, maybe this is going a bit far um, and it was a couple of years until I went into AA I don't use AA as my guide just now but I have used it in the past um, but I think I've always known I've been a dangerous drinker mm-hmm. and when I was younger I liked that and as I got older I just wanted to be able to drink normally and mm-hmm. I couldn't as soon as I've had that first drink that first sip it's, it's a write-off the off the weeks are write off.
0: Just get it, just grips you.
1: Yeah, and I can't control it, and my brain starts thinking, I've only got a bottle left. Where's the next one coming from? We'll plan the next one. And then as I get that starts to go down, gotta plan the next one. So alcohol delivery services, they've they're dangerous as well. <laughs> When all other options are run out, there's
0: there's always there's always an option. You can sure. always get it. So accessible. And it's thinking like we are all the best version of ourselves when we drink less. You know, obviously it impacts people in different ways, but there's no denying that even if you have a bottle of wine or whatever, it's gonna impact your mental and your emotional health.
1: Yeah it's such a depressant and I used to drink to get depressed I'd listen to sad music and feel more depressed um but I didn't need an excuse to drink I'd drink if I was sad drink if I was happy I'd drink if I was celebrating I didn't need an excuse any oh it's Monday that was I didn't need an excuse at all and if someone says "Do you want to go to the pub yep
0: I was already there. Looking back, can you, can you think, like, at the heart of it, why, like, what was the pull? Or is it something you still find hard to explain?
1: I don't have a genuine explanation for my toxic relationship. I know through being connected with a lot of people who have addictions, they have, they know they put it right back to PTSD or childhood trauma or an accident. They got, you know, headlamps or what They have it even. I don't really have one except I liked it. Mm-hmm. I wanted it from probably the first drink. I liked it. I liked how I felt. I liked who I was. And I wanted more, more of that.
0: And did you find when you you got to a point where you realized right, I want to try and manage this now, I want to try and get help? Did you have a point where you were able to take away the shame in it because one of the things I've discovered is you know with addiction, we need to remove the shame. it's not you know these these aren't these labels there's no shame like it should just be normal to say oh, I'm struggling with alcohol, it's making me not the person I want to be, or I'm really struggling with addiction to porn, or I'm, you know, it's like whatever the the struggle is, in my head, there should be no shame. You should just be able to come out and say, this is what I'm struggling with. That's
1: what I love about the online sober community. Like I said, I'm not on Facebook, but I'm on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And... There's a lot of sober accounts and addiction accounts, and it's a big family, a big community, and everyone's supporting everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's an open book. I mean, there's a lot of anonymous accounts. People use it as a journal. Mm -hmm. And they like, don't know, So they're secretly still dealing with it. Mm -hmm. What I did when I just outed myself, told everyone I'd ever known, um, using social media, that um, I was an alcoholic I put it right out there because I thought it was the only way to get myself to stop is by telling everyone look I need help I've got a problem I'm going to try I'm not saying I'll succeed this time and when I did that that wasn't the last drink I had it took a couple of years still but I put it out there and which is obvious obviously when obviously people in certain jobs or whatever they don't want people and people are embarrassed to say you know I go home at night and have two bottles of wine
0: but it's a lot more common than people think Mm -hmm. a lot more common would you say there's like a specific thing that's really helped you at the moment or a specific some person or a someone that's helped you or
1: this time I don't know what was different. It just was different something, and I didn't want to turn back this time. But there's a little technique called playing the tape forward, mm-hmm. um, which I never used before. I'd heard about it and I never used it, never relied on it. But it's um, a coping mechanism for when you want a drink. You visualize doing it, I visualise buying it, I visualise opening it, drinking it, I and mean, it's brilliant, I can see it in my head, no, that's good, that's good or not, I'm definitely going to do it, and then now I force myself to play it on a wee bit further, till I'm drunk, till I've passed out, till I've, you know, wet myself on the sofa or something, woke up, you know, half a glass there and still finished it, and then, um, and then the next morning, the horrendous hangovers, the getting up, the school run with a, with a hangover, mm. and dealing with children, and losing jobs because I don't bother going in. And then I go, this is why I don't do it. And it, even though it's just a mental task, it
0: actually does now keep me from doing that. Wow. And do you just, how do you do it? Do you just, like, close your eyes and picture it, or...? Yeah,
1: I just, like, step away and kind of have a stern word with myself. Mm -hmm. Because I used to talk myself into it quite a lot, saying, no, just go get it. Who's going to know? Well, with me, I wasn't the type of drinker to just sit in the house and be silent. I'd be on the phone or online. So everyone would know. Oh, look, she's falling off the wagon, she's saying something crazy. So, So hiding it with me. I would be on the phone and some say you don't sound quite right oh really people would know and that almost keeps me from it and as I watch the days count up I don't want to reset I don't want to go
0: back to day one I don't want any more day ones ever again. it's like there's this spirit that takes over you when you drink sometimes isn't it it's And I don't know if you were at the point where that happened every time where you were just completely taken over because you'd had more than your body, like, you know, and then you just, it's funny, it can hit you. Did you find that you got angry every time or? I wasn't. Sometimes I was okay. But I think
1: in general, as I got older, became quite a nasty, a nasty drunk. You know, the world's out to get me. This is everyone else's fault. This isn't my fault that I'm drinking. It's your fault. You're the reason I drink. Yeah. But it's not, I'm the, reason, I'm the reason I went to the shop and bought three bottles of starch. I'm the reason that I drank them. And I'm the reason I'm absolutely mortified today. And it actually just keeps me from wanting to pick up another glass. It's, right. I get further away from it. I think it'll be tricky going into the holiday season. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can't wait because little milestones like that are like tiny little victories. You know, Mm -hmm. I've done a sober holiday with family. Mm. Well done. Um, At a British holiday park where the only thing people do is sit around and drink. Um, (gasps) Very, very little alcohol-free options unless... You just like fizzy juice or slush puppies. And I had my moments and I had very little internet access for the whole week. But I did it, I got through that week and I didn't drink. And I got through sober Halloween, a sober birthday. So, sober Christmas
0: is the next one. <laughs> So, and it's small steps isn't it it's just like getting through it's like running a marathon you know you you don't have to run the the 26 miles straight away you do you do your bit and then you're like right i've got to five got to 10 miles right i'm at 15 now keep going keep going and you know you just have to keep that going but it takes an amazing amount of strength so well done thank you. <laughs> it's, I think humans are incredible, and, and as you say, it can be so easy to get sucked up by when the world lets us down, people hurt us, like life is the ultimate test, and it it doesn't feel to me like it's meant to be easy at all. And I think things like alcohol or surface level things that can pull us away and sort of distract us are so tempting, you know, when we've got all this stuff that we're trying to you know people say things and I feel like there's always this little monster on my shoulder saying oh just do that or just do that and it's like checking in with yourself and being aware of these thoughts and actually learning that you can distance and that you are not defined by this like you're so much more this is just it's not you and it's not the real true you underneath it all do you feel you've got to place where you're more self-aware now yeah,
1: I've noticed more mannerisms and things that I do. Um, I'm quite socially anxious that I've noticed without alcohol, and it's taken a wee while to realise that I used it as a bit of a crutch, as a bit of a confidence mm-hmm. what booster. What do anything. you know? I wouldn't have thought. I haven't obviously. This time, my daughter started school and I've joined the parent council and I've got involved. But previous Gemma would have probably had a drink before she went to these things to be confident, to be able to speak up. So now just socially anx- anxious Gemma goes and just gets on with it. And mm-hmm. I know I'm gonna be a wee bit awkward, um, and I know I might be a little bit uncomfortable, but I'm which is one of the reasons I'm doing the TED talk. I'm just mm-hmm. forcing myself, because this is my life now there is no Gemma with alcohol there only is Gemma without alcohol and I just got to get used to it if I like it or not I
0: love that how do you like you were saying earlier like you've come to life you've got a sense and that makes sense because when you are just being yourself and you're not being overtaken by a spirit you know I used to be like a cheeky dog if I drank too much or a cat or or a a devil, you know, what you said, but but, you know, when you are actually yourself and you're not under the influence of other things, then you can learn to get uncomfortable. And there is real excitement in that. There's a real buzz. Like I used to have chronic anxiety and now I can go on a stage in front of crazy amounts of people and know it's gonna be all right because I I can do it, I can do it. I don't, you know, and and that's just practice. It's practice. to get to that point where you know it's going to be all right.
1: Yeah, it's made, obviously you use alcohol to numb feelings as well. Um, so I'm now kind of experiencing life again with these uncomfortable feelings going into social s- situations that I would have been quite confident before and uh, someone who's a little bit nervy, but that's okay. I'm just getting used, this is, I've obviously just been quite a nervy person, I just masked it with this persona, Mm
0: -hmm. this
1: kind of outgoing drinking persona, confident, talks to anyone, that's not me, I'm quite happy to sit in and be a little hermit, Um, so going out into the big bad world as a sober mum is quite scary. But it's, uh, it's it's really eye-opening, really eye-opening because I don't come out with drunk things now, don't say silly things. I mean, I say silly, I say ridiculous things every day. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't talk a whole load of rubbish, drunken rambling, things that your head makes up. My head used to tell me things that weren't real. Made me paranoid. Everyone hated me. Um, Nobody liked me. You have to have a drink because people will like you then. So alcohol used to just sit and whisper to me and say, Well, I'm your best friend. Come back to me. Don't worry about going out there. Leave everyone else alone. I will be here for you. Just one more bottle, one more bottle, and everything will be okay. It was like one more bottle is not what I needed. (laughs) One less bottle.
0: It's it's, uh, it's so hard. Was there a piece of advice that sticks with you that someone's given you or a light bulb moment? I'm not
1: sure. I'm not sure. Um,
0: not that I can think of this of my like, head. Have you ever had like a moment of... You know, when you get all those thoughts, like, oh, just have another drink. Have you ever had a moment, like a thought that's been really helpful? Like an encouraging thought to yourself from that deeper place that's not you with the booze? Now I just know
1: that internally I'm dangerous with alcohol and I have to stay away. From that first drink. That is the problem drink. It's not the 20 after that. It's that first drink. And that first drink for me is oblivion. So mentally now I just protect my sobriety. That's something that someone had said: protect your sobriety at all costs. If you don't want to go to that party because you'll be uncomfortable, don't go. Don't go anywhere. Don't involve yourself in anything. You can excuse yourself. It's okay to say no. I'm sorry, no, I can't make it or I can't go there. Um, Reasons I've tripped up with sobriety before have been weddings. Mm -hmm. I've been sober for long periods of time. Then a wedding's come along and it's a free bar and you arrive and there's drink and there's drink and there's drink. That's me off the wagon for months. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Every time I go to a wedding. So I've got one next year, which will be my first sober wedding. So that's, some little
0: milestone that I can't wait to do. I love the way you say you can't wait. It's like you're like you're fighting and you're up for the challenge. Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's it's a daily battle because my brain still tells me when I go down to the shop and I'm going down to buy a can of Rockstar, um, just get a bottle of wine. Go on, it's standing right there. It's nice and cold. You know you want to. A couple of months back. I'd had a horrible day and I knew I had a hidden bottle of wine in the house and I chilled it and I poured it and I sat and I stared at it and then I poured it down the sink and I poured the bottle down the sink and I think I nearly hyperventilated, had like a panic attack because doing that before would have made me so angry but doing it then, that night when I was in a place where I was quite easily going to fall off the wagon and not doing it, was so powerful. It was an unbelievable feeling, and after I did that, I took all the wine glasses and all the glasses that associated
0: with alcohol, and I threw them out. Oh, that's amazing. And did you do something to celebrate that night? I think I watched The Lion King. (laughs) Because <laughs> it's like we're hardwired to think of celebration with alcohol. And it's like, right, how can I celebrate? that doesn't involve the drink, you know? Chocolate, candy, baking.
1: Since I've um, <laughs> given up wine, I seem to have replaced it a little bit with sweet treats. So okay. I have put on my stone. You know what? I'd rather be a bit chunky in the middle than
0: passed out drunk. I love that. And you look fantastic.
1: But we're always so
0: hard on ourselves. Yeah. What would be your piece of advice to someone listening now who's really on the fence and they're like, right, could, could really do with making some changes, but I don't want to give up that up. It's too, too much fun.
1: I'll reach out. Um, the sober curious community is absolutely huge at the moment. Um, non-alcoholic drinks, low. Alcoholic drinks. Um, there's a group that's just started not long ago in Glasgow for people who are sober curious. You can get together, meet up, you know, discuss. There's people of all different, there's people like myself who have a bad relationship with alcohol, and there's people who just want to reevaluate that my life is better without alcohol. Maybe you just don't want a hangover again which I I used to get terrible hangovers, two, three days, shakes, sick, you know, pale skin, crying, you know, emotional wreck. People might just not want to feel like that again. Mm -hmm. Um, But they are concerned. I would say reach out. Mm -hmm. Even online, that way it is almost still anonymous. If you want it to be, reach out because Everyone is going through something, mm-hmm. but the sober community, especially I've found, is completely arms open, welcoming. There's no judgment, because everyone's done something
0: absolutely terrible. So,
1: we <laughs> everyone's are, like, well. Yeah,
0: we, we're all, nobody's perfect. We've all got our thing. Some of us just hide it better.
1: Yes, I mean, I used to hide behind My alcohol, have a drink, um, then go out to something, and then obviously drink when I was there. But drink before I went, because then I could put on that face, put on that act,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: not walk in stone cold sober, where I'd be uncomfortable. Now I'm just dealing with all those uncomfortable feelings and just walking in and being a little bit awkward and being a bit, you know, peculiar, but. I'd rather feel like this, clear-headed and present and not waking up in the morning and thinking, God, have I still got a job? Oh, I've got to go be sick. Oh, we can't go and do what we were planning to do, sorry. We can't go because mummy feels terrible. The amount of concerts and things that I bought tickets for that we haven't gone to yeah. because we felt terrible. And not force myself to go. I've got mummy guilt for years that will follow me around absolute mummy guilt but I'm trying to make up for that now luckily for me my daughter's still very young obviously there's lots of people whose children were older and will have witnessed a lot more but I think the mummy guilt is real that'll take a long time to forgive myself for that but I have chosen to forgive myself for most of the absolutely terrible things that I did when I was drunk. Um, I've got a great relationship with my friends again. I didn't have that for years. Um, I'm trusted to watch my friends' children now. If they're in a pickle, they'll call me. They wouldn't have done that before. They wouldn't have known which Gemma would have showed up. Mm-hmm. You know, I got. I've had a very strange relationship with my brother for years, and he sent me a text with a picture the other day, and I was mm-hmm. like oh I must be you know earning a little bit back from everyone that I've
0: obviously taken away for years the thing is they're all going to be so proud of you and what you're doing and, and really making yourself vulnerable but in an amazing way you're just so real when you speak and then that's where the magic happens when we take the mask off and we're all in and we just share and just tell it how it is and if anyone's judging that is their issue because they'll have things you know but i I think people that know you and care about you or understand or in a good place mentally will really really admire you and people that are struggling will probably just perhaps be a bit scared of the conversation themselves because you know, it's it, it it's it's a real effort to to change our lifestyle and to challenge these things. It's never gonna be easy, is it? No, yeah, and you have to want to. People said
1: to me, All right, you're doing this, you're doing this, to get sober, but I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I kept saying I had this always in the back of my mind. Well, okay, I'll be sober for a couple of years, but I'll drink at my forty. If I'll drink at my fifty, if I, you know, if I go on holiday, I've got to have a drink. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I've closed that now, mm-hmm. and I can see it all forward mm-hmm. without drink now. I don't need to drink at my forty. Why? Why? Why would I need to do that? Mm-hmm. Just because I think that's what I should do. I don't. I don't miss it quite as much as I used to. I'm just seeing all the positives that come from me being away from it. I mean, financially,
0: for a star.
1: <laughs> if you're drinking three bottles of whites, that that adds up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. There's so many benefits, so many. So massive well done. And I'm really excited to be seeing you at the TEDx. And um, we'll... Uh, just yeah it's brilliant it's brilliant keep up inspiring stay strong you are strong um, so just keep reminding yourself of that and uh, enjoy it celebrate celebrate how far you've come and stay excited for all the challenges ahead because they make us stronger yeah absolutely thank you <laughs> you're a star thank you so much Right. Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> Hooray. This is Gemma's song. It's Corner. Just on a okay, okay. 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 ready? Hey, I'm not giving up today. There's nothing getting in my way. If you knock back the yoga, I will get back up again. If something goes a little wrong, Bring it on If you knock back me over I will get back up again Body is doing all the actions guys I know you can't see this but it's rather magical Whoa, oh, 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 oh. So when Gemma got on the stage to this song I had goose pimples because she has got back up again She's rolling with it And the best incentive are these little people And I've got two of them next to me right now as we sing i right oh, a rainbow. rainbow What if it's, it's all a big, big mistake. mistake What if it's more than, than I can Sing can... it, Bonnie no, no, Yes, no, yes. No, Sing it like you mean every word Okay Hey You know, not out today I'm, I'm gonna get any more way And if you let back me over I will get back up again Nice dancing Little run. And if you could go ahead, turn it on do you knock, knock me over. You want to sing, Charlie? Yeah. Get back up again. Whoa, oh, 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 oh. Get back up again. Oh, oh, oh. Hey! Oh, 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 oh. Knock, knock me over. Knock, knock me over. I will get back up again. Oh, she is a queen. She's getting back up. <laughs> You know we have these times, and we get back up, and we we're fighters. We've no other choice, guys. So you can get back up again, whatever your issue is right now. Stay strong. We've got your back. This is a place you can come, um, and and feel at home. So thank you for being here. No. Mwah. Say bye, kids. Bye,
1: sticky. How rude,
0: Bonnie? You want to say bye to everyone? Bye bye. And do you want to say well done to Gemma. She's an absolute legend. Well done, Gemma. Mwah. Gemma.